0: On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, we defend Fairy Tale Land with a Parasol? Hello everyone and welcome to another fun-filled adventure with this light episode of This is Game Boy. I'm e Candy, and before we fly into action, just a quick overview of what I've been up to for like the last like month and a half, two months. Uh, We'll start with the video games first. I have played and beaten Metroid Dread, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered with a Platinum Trophy, Assassin's Creed 3 DLC, The Tyranny of King Washington. Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion for the Nintendo Switch. Days Before Christmas for the Super Nintendo. Lunar Journey, a homebrew Game Boy game by Green Boy Games. Mon Nobita No Dora Beyond Night for the TurboGrafx-16. Darkwing Duck for the TurboGrafx-16. Sailor Moon for the Game Gear and The Bunker. For Haunt Hunters on PC, Whew. I haven't been, and on top of that, WoW Classic. Let's let's, let's be fair on that one. Um, so I've been busy with video game stuff. Even um, though I don't stream all that much anymore, as more as not as much as I'd want to, we are still pushing through some video games. Uh, side project. I recently got a hold of a Mister. Uh, the, the Mr. FPGA If you don't know what a Mr. is It's like this little Box about the size of a cigarette packet Maybe a, maybe As tall as two cigarette packets uh, It's like this little Itty bitty computer That uh, emulates Console hardware So I'm able to do things like MSX and TurboGrafx and Sega CD And things of that nature So I've uh I have literally probably 100 times uh, <laughs> increased my my range of retro games now <laughs> because of this little thing. And I have been having a ball with it for about a month. Um, and the quality is none other. So probably one of the best things I've done in the last two months. Um, going through a bit of a channel rebranding. Uh, not so much renaming the channel, obviously, but just like getting art and colors Consistent across the board Because right now like if you look at my HD stuff Like everything is kind of like a realistic tone But if you look at my retro stuff It's like super minimalistic And yeah So just trying to get everything Under one umbrella Kind of looking sort of similar Um I finished reading the Kirby manga Volume 1 So I'm going into volume 2 here now And uh A lot of behind-the-scenes talking and planning for a secret announcement coming up about the podcast. So definitely keep your eyes and ears open for that. Uh, So with that, uh, let's spin our parasol and explore the world of fairy tale Land after this short break. So before we can dive into the actual game of Parasol Henby, we need to really look at the roots of Parasol Henby. So Parasol Henby started off as a Japanese anime running from 1989 to 1991, uh, 20-minute episodes that ran for 200 episodes in total. Uh, A lot of translations would come uh, with this anime, uh, Chinese, Hebrew, Spanish, Portuguese, and Arabic. Ah, uh, the anime was created by Fujiko Fujio, which y'all might better know him for Doramon and Poco Neon, especially Doramon. Uh, Parasol Henby would later be adapted into a manga and it consists of two volumes that were published in 1991. I believe it was in the Bonbon bon magazine. Uh, Parasol Henby will also go on to grace two Nintendo products, the Famicom, In the Game Boy, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But before diving into the actual games, we need to understand what a Parasol Henbei is and why it was transformed into multiple media formats. Uh, Henbei is described as a small-talking pink hippopotamus-like creature, and he is the main character of the show. So the anime plot is this. While playing in his world, Henbei fell down through a tunnel in a waterfall and woke up in the human world inside a closet of a kid named Maruko. The tunnel is closed, preventing him from returning to his home world. Henbei possesses a magical parasol, and with it he can fly and do magic. He he also can speak to animals and fulfill everyone's dreams. Soon Henbei and Maruko become friends, and Henbei gets to help him out while staying at Maruko's house. Occasionally the tunnel back to his home world opens and animals and friends from his home world come through. uh, Later, when Henbei gets the chance to return to his home world, he hesitates due to his friendship with Maruko. Later in the series, however, Henbei and Maruko travel to his home world with Henbei's magical parasol. Alright, so now that we know the story behind Parasol Henbei, what does it have to do with the games? Well... Since this is a Game Boy podcast, um, I'll just mention that there is a Famicom game with a English translation ROM hack. Have at it. But, for the Game Boy people, this game has absolutely nothing to do with the anime. <laughs> um, with the exception of the main character and a parasol. <laughs> um... So Parasol Hembei for the Game Boy was released in November 16th, 1990 developed by SAS Sakata and published by Epoch. SAS Sakata might be better known for its NES hits like Bump and Jump, Karate Champ and Boulder Dash. While Epoch might be a bit more known for its Super Cassette Division releases in the early 80s uh, Raid for the Game Boy and Kituretsu for the NES. Parasol Hembei is a extremely basic game uh that is almost an exact ripoff of chubby cherub for the nes Uh, if you've made a few sprite changes to henbei and a few sprite changes to the enemies at hand you would literally have a chubby cherub port for the game boy the goal of the game is very simple go to the end of the stage go from left to right um and the stages are varied between a cityscape, your forest, your caves, a construction yard, and the sky. Uh, you play as Henbei, and you'll notice that at the start of the game, your your UI is at the top of the screen instead of the bottom, which is a, a harsh difference compared to most games. But you have a power bar or a health bar in the center of your screen at the top. But it's only half full when you start the game. Or when you die and start a stage over, it's only half full. Uh, something that makes this game very interesting is how Henbei actually reacts to the health bar. If you allow your health bar to drop too low, Henbei becomes very sluggish. The appearance of Henbei's sprite actually alters as well, too, in a drooping, more depressing ma- uh, manner. Uh, allowing Henbei to not really jump, move extremely slow, and not allow you to climb the poles in the city stages. Uh, so it is very important to keep your health managed. Uh, However, though, if you do keep your health up um, fairly high, you are very reactive. Henbei moves at normal speed, can jump, can float around as parasol, can climb beams in the city, can do whatever you very much want with Henbei. Something else that makes this very interesting as well, too, with the health bar, is that when your health bar is full or near full you are able to press up on your D-pad when you are jumping, and you can actually fly with your parasol. Uh, if you're only half health or around half health, Hinbei won't be able to fly with his parasol, but only gently glide down with the parasol, which does make landing a bit awkward because the edges are a bit slippery on platforms, and the way that Hinbei floats down is that Henbei swings erratically left and right while, while floating down on the parasol. Uh, But to keep your health bar up, you do this by eating food throughout the stage. And there is a ton of food throughout the stage. And your food can be anything from a giant ice cream cone to a rice ball to a tiny mushroom to pretty much anything your heart desires. Uh, If it looks like food, Hidnbeg can eat it and gain a little bit of health. Uh, Much like Chubby Cherub, you eat food to maintain your health bar. Uh, however, when you do use the flight mechanic with Henbei, uh, your health bar does drain slowly. Uh, Henbei can be hurt by various animals in the game. So, like we mentioned, like Henbei can talk to animals, but he can't talk to animals in the video game. Uh, I'm sure like they had to find some sort of tie-in to Parasol Henbei because like there's just nothing else there in the game that connects it to the anime. Um, so the animals can not hurt Hinbei, which does strain the health bar a bit. Um, Hinbei does have an attack. He has a a, a, a violent spin attack. Uh, it's kind of out of control that he can use, uh, to knock the animals off the screen. However, spinning, uh, does take away health from your health bar. So pretty much any action that Hinbei does, with the exception of walking and jumping, takes away from your health bar. So at this point, you're pretty much just like, you know what? I'm going to be a pacifist and just not even worry about spinning into these animals at all. Um... While you're jumping around, sometimes you'll want to use the glide of the parasol, or sometimes you'll accidentally hit up and start gliding. You can simply press down while you have the parasol open, and Henbei will drop down to the... Well, either hopefully the ground, but he may drop into a pit, depending on where you are. Um... Something else that makes this game fairly interesting too, is that it takes more of like a, a Z-axis approach, or like a 3D plane approach to this. Think of like Double Dragon, um, where you have a close up, like you have level one, which is you know as, as close to the bottom of the screen as possible, then a level two, which is like in the middle, and then a level three, which is you know quote unquote further away. Uh, this game takes a very similar approach to that, where Henbei can actually move on two planes, a close and a, a, a first and a second plane, but in the cityscape it actually can take on a third plane. So when you climb up these poles in the cityscape you can actually walk across these walls or these fences that allow you to basically quote unquote access a third plane, uh, which is where most of the time you're going to find your food in the cityscape stages. Um, this is where the controls do get a bit clumsy, however. Um, when Henbe is on the ground, you are able to move between level 1 and level 2, sometimes level 3, depending on your stage. Um, so you can have a lot more maneuver, maneuverability going through the actual stages themselves. However, when you're in the air and you have, you're, you're just plain jumping, or if you have your parasol open, you can't move between the different levels of the plane so if you jumped and used your parasol on level one plane you are stuck on the level one plane until henbei reaches the ground again Uh, it's actually a a giant pain um, especially in the later stages especially the later ice cave stages uh, because some of those pits are not for the faint of heart and they definitely are beginner traps Parasol Henbei consists of about 15 stages. Uh, it's a really interesting map the way you see it. So when you first start out the game, you get to see 10 stages right away. So you're thinking to yourself, oh, this game only has 10 stages. This is awesome. Uh, as you get to the 10th stage and beat the 10th stage, the world map starts to scroll to the left or the right, however you want to describe it. It moves to the left so you can see the right side of the map. There you go. Uh, And you'll notice that there are about five more stages uh, left in the game. So it's actually kind of a fun little treat, because I personally like this game quite a bit. So it was a nice little treat to see if there was actually more game to uh, what was actually being revealed to me. Um, We'll talk about the later stages in a minute, though, because there is some weirdness with them. Uh, The sprite work for the game is actually pretty amateurish, I would say. Uh, when I say the sprite work, I mean, like, the actual, like, animated sprites. So, like, the, the squirrels, the monkeys, the snakes, the cats. Uh looks great. The parasol looks great. But really everything else that you interact with doesn't look all that good with the exception of the final boss, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, so, like, the actual, like, actionable, like, NPCs don't look all that good. They look very amateur for 1990, uh, 1991. However, the actual... Uh, level work, like the background, the foreground, um, the objects you jump on and jump over, uh, just like the different textures throughout the actual stages look phenomenal. So you can definitely tell that the artists were probably a lot more comfortable dealing with background or larger sprites than they were with small miniature uh, NPCs. Which is a shame, however, because you only get to, like, since the levels are so short, you don't really get to embrace the atmosphere of these stages all that well. Because, like, the stages, like I said, are gorgeously done in terms of, like, the actual, like, atmosphere uh, work, uh, artwork. Uh, It's just a real shame that you don't really get to, really get to immerse yourself into it. So, between these stages, you do get to play a bonus game. Uh, where you can kind of think of like Kid Icarus, where you go into the side rooms and you have to flip over the hats. It's very similar to that, where in this bonus stage you flip over a hat and you can get a ton. You can get a ton of food, a ton of one-ups. But as soon as you hit the uh, the Psyraid Moon Monster, your bonus game is over. So there is some deep lore with the Psyraid, since the publisher did do Psyraid. The levels are very basic. Uh, you have your pitfalls that you can jump over, or hop over, or hop onto moving platforms. Or if you have enough health, you literally just fly over them. Uh, there are slippery surfaces, especially in the cave, and there are hills that do alter Henbe's, uh speed. So walking up a hill is slow, but going downhill is very fast. Um, as we approach the final stages of the game, the game d- decides to throw boss fights at us, which throughout the entirety of the game, the, the first like thirteen, first first 12, 13 stages of the game, your whole purpose was to avoid enemies and not touch them, and now all of a sudden you're thrown into a boss fight where you have to understand how to damage enemies, uh, so the game doesn't do a good job like transitioning into this at all and can make first-time players very much not like this piece of the game. Um, but the first boss you encounter are two hogs uh, in the f- one of the final four stages, and they charge back and forth on both planes. And what you need to do is that you need to spin into a hog to quote-unquote stun it, and then you have to jump on top of it to ride it off the screen. Never had to do that before in any of the previous stages in this game. Until now. (laughs) So, uh, sure hope you're open to experimenting if you've never gotten to this before. Um, The next boss you encounter is a giant monkey that looks like Spanky. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a giant monkey that looks like Spanky. And behind him is a boulder blocking the exit of the cave. What you need to do is that you need to be on the lowest plane, or what I call plane 1. And you need to spin and tack into the boulder while dodging falling debris. It sounds easy. It's actually super hectic because the screen is shaking as well. Uh, It's probably the more hectic of the three bosses you will have to fight. Um, And then the final boss... Is a lightning god. So you go through a final sky stage. You can get to ride some rainbows. Which is actually super fun. Dodge some dodge some rainfalls and lightning. Get a few one ups. Uh, a lot of flying in this stage. With your parasols. So I hope you have a lot of food built up. Um, but you do face off against a lightning god. At the end. That is riding on a cloud. Uh, with orbs around him. So your first instinct is to think that you need to hit these orbs that are around this boss to knock them away from him to attack him. Because that's how video game logic works for us from all these years. Not in this case, however. Uh, The floating cloud that the boss is on is a slightly different color than really anything else in the screen. Uh, So you need to spin attack the cloud that the god is riding on. And once you've destroyed the cloud the boss just falls off the screen and dies. And there's a trick to this, is that there's there's a bottom cloud for like a floor, and then right above it, there's like a, like, it's like a, a tier one or a tier two cloud that's kind of long. If Hen, if you just stand there with Henbei and just spin when the boss gets close to you, you never have to chase the boss at all. It just comes to you and just, you can just hit it. Uh, it's super safe, and it's really easy to take out the boss. Uh, once you've taken out the boss... Try not to fall into any pits. And then there's going to be a bird to the right-hand side. You approach the bird, and you and the bird fly off into the sunset. Bird and parasol hole. Uh, And you're probably thinking to yourself, where the hell does this bird come from? Well, um, on the box art of the the game, you have Henbei on the right-hand side holding his parasol. And on the left-hand side is this little yellow bird. There's the connection, um, and then there's a rainbow in the background, which you do get to ride on uh, during the sky stages. And behind the rainbow is just the town, basically where Maruko is and where Himbe ends up. Um, the 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 box art is very much either taken from us, it's not taken from a scene in anime, but, like, pieces of it were clipped away and placed into this from from the anime, 100%. Uh, it definitely looks like a cover that could be on a manga. Um, so, yeah, the game itself didn't get all that good views uh, or good reviews, and especially in the later years, like, recent history, we're talking, like, the 2000s, the anime has even come under a lot of negative reviews as well too. So even though the anime ran for two hundred episodes in eighteen uh, eighty nine, Jesus, nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety one. In today's day, the anime just isn't that well received anymore. Um, I watched I watched a quick like ten minute clip of it because it was actually really hard to find a clip of this anime, um, and. It doesn't age well. Let's just say that. (laughs) It did not age well. It didn't age as well as Dragon Ball or something. Um, So, uh, which is too bad. But the game isn't bad. I personally thought this game was fine. Um, It was very much on the short side. I think blind with a game over, it took me 40 to 45 minutes. Um, So, it's a very short game. And it does have a lot of clunkiness to it. Um, I would grade it like middle, middle low on the scale. Most because of how short the game is, how basic the game is. And just like the sprite, like the NPC sprite work just isn't that good. Um, I would recommend it though. Even though like I wouldn't grade it super high, I would recommend people to play this game. Um, It's pretty cute. It has, a, it has a decent OST with a nice aesthetic to it, like I said, with with the actual, actual level uh, sprite work. Uh, I came across this during my retro playthroughs, when I was just, like, browsing to see what game I kind of want to play, and I came across Parasol Henbei, and I remember I think it was Mula talking about it. So I opened it up, played it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of a fun game. And I was pretty happy that I played it. Um, so if you have, like, a quick hour, and you're looking for something to play, like, check out Parasol Henbei. It's it's not a terrible game it's just a very short game that kind of leaves you wanting a bit more from it uh it's almost like trip world <laughs> so um but yeah with that uh we're gonna take another quick break and when i come back we're gonna talk about some upcoming events which is pretty light right now since we're just starting the new year and we'll talk about uh what's going go on with the next episode so stay tuned All right, welcome back, everybody. Upcoming events. Uh, the most recent event we have coming up probably is ESA Winter 2022, which is starting February 12th, so probably a couple weeks by time when this episode comes out. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, if you are in America and around the Midwest... Or if you just want to have a vacation to the Midwest for some unknown reason. Uh, Midspring Speed Fling 2022 will be happening April 1st through April 3rd. And this will be an on-site event. Um, So yeah. Super, super early. You know, super, super, super future. But if you are planning on wanting to go to an on-site event... Uh, VGM Con is hosting Midwest Speedfest, which they do almost every year. Um, and Midwest Speedfest is an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, um, group of people. Uh, I have, I've had the pleasure to run Kirby's Dream for them, and I've had the pleasure of doing a Shaq Fu, basically a Shaq Fu relay with some of the, uh, some of the staff from Midwest Speedfest. And they are just an absolute just a gem to work with. Awesome to talk to. And super friendly people. I absolutely love the team. Uh, and they're based out of Minnesota. So they're only like 20 minutes away from me. Um, so I might be biased on that. Um, so yeah, with that, uh, we're going to call it there. Bit of a short, light episode. But, you know, it is a short game. So... Uh, with that, I am eBloodycandy. Candy. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, uh, at e Candy. You can find my awesome co-host, Moolah, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H, on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube, and Instagram. And you can find our awesome, wonderful, gorgeous producer, Legs, at Legs on Twitch and Twitter, Legs on YouTube, and definitely check out her project website, www.SprintyLegs.com, where you can see all of her in-work work projects, along with the Game Boy Manual database. Along with that, we have a Patreon. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast monetarily, Uh, We do have a Patreon where you can subscribe. There are various tiers. Um, However, some of the rewards are going to change with the upcoming announcement that we're still in the talks on how we want to showcase it to you all. But uh, something cool with the Patreon is that you get to see our notes. You get to hear some bloopers. And you have pretty much an all-exclusive premiere pass to the upcoming Haunt Hunter episodes which when this episode comes out you should have access to The Bunker where I play as John and guide him through basically a nuclear holocaust. Um <laughs> so if you're into horror games uh it plays as like an 80s slasher movie it's actually pretty dope. Um What else have we got uh blah 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 blah. Oh If Patreon isn't your thing, subscription-based, everything is subscription-based nowadays. People forget that they have subscriptions. I get it. We do have a PayPal. However, if you do support us through PayPal, please let one of the three of us know. We want to thank you in some way or or another. And uh, we can't connect Discord to PayPal, so there's just that whole thing going on there. Um, So please let us know. We want to thank you. because we probably never thought in a million years this would ever happen. Uh, keep going on the money side of things. we got a merch store. Merch.ThisIsGameBoy.com uh, I believe that's the URL. And if not, well, it's uh, it's on the website somewhere, which we'll get to in a second. But merch store, we got t-shirts, coffee cups. Yeah. The shirts are nice. I own two of the quote-unquote limited edition uh, t-shirts. Uh they're nice. Uh if you're familiar with Hanes or Gildan uh T-shirts, basically that's what they are. I got like the Hanes like workforce T-shirt on one of them and like just like a Gildan undershirt on one, and they're both phenomenal. They've been through the wash like three or four times. The pat- the the print is still in in contact. It's good. Uh and I do have a coffee cup, it sits on my shelf in the back. I think it I think it has a nail in it right now because I pulled a nail out of the wall. Um, so it's a holder for random stuff right now. So if you're looking for a random paperweight, the coffee cup is great. Um, We may have some more merch coming down the line in the future. I need to talk to Mo about potentially getting some more stuff out there. Um, If if spending money isn't your thing, I super 100% get that because... I don't like spending money on a lot of things either, but if that's not just listening to the podcast is support enough? Honestly, the fact that we get the fact that we get the amount of listens that we have right now blows my mind. I never thought in a million years that we'd ever approach the amount of listens that we have now. and hell, some people have left reviews, five star reviews, even uh For the podcast on various other podcast sites like Apple Podcast, so leaving a review, listening, and just talking to us in Discord or Twitch or whatever—like super awesome support in itself—and we and we love to hear it. And we love talking to our fans and listeners and and audience in general for this. So thank you all for listening to our podcast and listening to. Two old men ramble about things from the from the early '90s and can't move on with their lives. <laughs> um, well, I don't even know what else we have. Oh, and you can find all this information. Oh, it, oh! Before we do that, we have the you we have YouTube. So like if SoundCloud, yada yada yada, isn't your thing, all this stuff is actually on YouTube in video format. So you can actually see a little gameplay snippet of the game being played while. Mo and I talk about the game with some little like wavelengths and stuff happening. It's actually pretty damn cool. They put a lot of time. Legs and Mo put a lot of time into it. Um, but yeah, you can find all that information and more on thisisgameboy.com or gbrunners.com/tigb. With that, that is the end of this light episode. Thank you all for listening to Parasol Henbei. The next time you hear from me, I will be graced with Mula, and we will be talking about (sighs) Metroid 2. Until next time, bye-bye. Alright. Hello everyone and welcome oh, right, I my microphone. <laughs> Let's try that one again.